Hey, young world, the world is yours. What's up? This is your man, Nutter Butter, and you are in the mix with my man, Derek, of Reviews and Duns. Exclusive interviews, exclusive interviews, exclusive interviews of your favorite R&B and hip-hop artists, producers, and songwriters. Stay tuned, you dig. Peace and blessings, world. Once again, it's your boy, Derek Dunn of Reviews and Dunn, back with another interview. My guest today is one of, how can I say this? Um, let's just say my guest today is in a group that I feel never got their just due. And their signature song is a song that still to this day, 20, no, 35 years, I'm sure my age, 35 years later, will put to shame albums that come out today. I'm talking about Tender Love and I'm talking about the Force MDs. So my guest today is one of the original members, my man, Stevie D. Lundy. Welcome to the line, everybody. How you doing today, sir? Hey, how you doing, man? All right. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> now I'm in an age of showing, mm. man. Because like, I was thinking, like, it was, I don't know what I was thinking about. I'm like, it was tender love, man. Because it came out in 85. You know, I was... Four years old, and I'm yeah. thirty nine now. I don't know. I was thinking that it was um only twenty five years old, but not real talk though, bro. Like tender love. I mean, you guys have other songs, but the fact that that song, as soon as you hear the opening piano chords anywhere in the world, you can play that song and people just go crazy. And again, like real talk, that song by itself slays a lot of artists' albums. That came out after you guys, like their entire discography. Now I'm gonna keep it PC. I'm not gonna say no names, but <laughs> you, know what I'm about. you know what I'm talking about. So that's all we're yeah, about yeah. that. Hey Just, man, yeah, you know, it, it, it was a uh, you know it was a pleasure making this song. You know, uh, it, it 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 transcends to like the newer generation. You know, when they hear it, it just sounds like a fresh new song to them. They don't even realize that it came out 35 years ago. It sounds so fresh to him, and uh, I see a lot of younger, younger cats that's trying to like redo it, remake it, and stuff. So we happy that, uh, of course, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis gave us that 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 gem, and uh, you know that's the song that definitely opened the doors for Jam and Lewis, one of their first crossover pop hits. And uh, hey, <laughs> they said it, they they told us it was gonna be a hit, but we didn't know it was gonna last this long. It's a really classic, a real classic, classic hit, and. Uh, we appreciate all the fans, all the people that still support this song to this day and still play it on their radio and the radio station that still play it. You know, we, we it's so much appreciated. And we'll get into all that. And um, I think the thing about the song for, for me is that, um, you know, Jam and Lewis on the Crush Groove DVD, they actually talk about the song and it's such a simple, simple song, but even though it's mm-hmm. a simple song and it's been covered by numerous people, like, Nobody sings like you guys do, cause, which is a testament to the talent of the group, because although it's a simple song and a wedding singer could sing the song the way you guys sang it, like, like nah, like y'all don't come close to the opening songs, you know, when um your man starts with that, without that song, just the way he comes in, like, just so smooth. Like, nobody's ever, to me, has been able to replicate the way you guys sang it. There's decent covers, but... Nobody's saying like the Force MDs. 
Hey, thank Shout you, man. That's, a, that's a classic song. Appreciate that. Definitely appreciate that, brother. That's my brother TC, actually. That's, 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 it leads that song. My brother TC, it leads that song. Yeah, man, he's just, uh, he's a, uh, he, he's a, uh, uh, my brother TC's a real soulful, he's really got, he got that soulful spirit, man, that, you know, he always, he always uh, channeled his energy to the, the Otis Reddings, the greats, Smokey Robinson, he, he always channeled himself into uh, singers like that, man, so, you know, he just embedded in him, and, uh, you know, some of the other group, you know, other uh, most of our, most of our group, but he's just uh, was like the smoothest, humblest guy you will ever get to know, man. And uh, you know, I'm just happy, you know. Uh, <laughs> like I said, the Jam Lewis game. Uh, I, I, if it's okay to hear information on uh, that song at first uh, was supposed to go to New Edition at first, but they 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 could they didn't have the uh, their record company wouldn't allow it. Had some it some technical. Uh, problems that they, well they couldn't do the song, but you know uh, I don't know if they really even know that, but you know it was supposed to go to, and that's what Monica Lynch from our record label said because it was about what you just mentioned, Crush Groove. We were supposed to be in the movie Crush Groove, but uh, they 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 changed their mind at the last minute because you know we were more of a hip hop R and B group. The new edition was at the time. New edition had like bubblegum soul, but uh, yeah. they chose new edition because they were the bigger group than we were at the time. You know, they had the, uh, you know, like the Jackson Five following. They was they were so big. You know, they wanted so they wanted they, they felt if they got the movie, a lot of their fans, their big fan base, will all come to the theater and see it. So we got taken out the movie and, and got on a soundtrack, which we you know which we didn't lose either way. So we had the biggest record on the soundtrack. So. We wasn't mad. We wasn't that mad. You know, we 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 would love that bit of the movie, but but Tender Love covered all the bases for that, and you know, that that was a great move. You know. Yeah, and I am. You know, people tell you like you know I'm a diehard fan, so you know I knew that it was supposed to go to them, but I also know that you know it was also a little bit too risque for for them, like you said, and their um yeah. their you know their core fan base. Like now, you know, it probably wouldn't be a problem, but. You know, the whole scene with Blair Underwood and um, Sheila E., the way it's playing in the background, yeah, that would have been a PR nightmare back in um, 85. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you noticed that uh, after Tender Love, uh, New Edition came out with a song called Helplessly in Love with the same piano, like piano, just yep. like Tender Love, the same like, framed around song like a piano. But it, it didn't blow up as big as Tender Love. But it's still a great song, but it didn't blow up as big as Tender Love. They, they was going for that Tender Love thing with Helplessly in Love, but it didn't really capture the essence of Tender Love. <laughs> just keeping it real, man. I, you, know, I just, you know, it's it's, it's all love, bro. Like I said, you know, I'm I'm a diehard yeah. any fan to the um, to the fullest. You know, anybody tell you that. So, you know, I always yeah. throw facts out there. But, you know, let's uh, – Let's get into this Force MD stuff, man. You know, this is about Charles' group and your chance to give your testimony, tell your truth, you know, learn the history. So, you know, just doing my little research and everything. I know you guys were originally called the LDs, so, and then it was the Force MC. So how do you ultimately end up with the name the Force MDs, which stands for Force Musical Diversity? Right. Okay. Uh, well, we started off as the LDs. That, that's, that's thought, that was me, Stevie D, and my brother TC. My other brother Khalil Lundy, we all Lundy brothers, and our uncle, which is his name is Jesse Daniels. That's our mother's youngest brother. 
Uh, we were a group out of Staten Island. We started the Lundy Brothers first. First, was just three of us, the Lundy Brothers. Then we went into the LDs. When Jesse joined the group, you know, he had the D in his name. His last name is Daniel. So we, we said, well, we can't call ourselves Lundy Brothers. Let's switch it to LDs, just the back of our, our issues, our last name and issues. So we called ourselves the Fantastic LDs. Uh, we won a lot of talent shows out in Staten Island. New York City won the, uh, the the New York City talent search. That's all like all five boroughs of New York City. Uh, we came in first place, won the first place trophy. And uh, when that all started coming about, you know, we started winning talent shows. Uh, we captured a, a young man on a boat singing country songs, and he had a good ta- a guitar case out, and everybody was throwing money. And that was the first time we really seen someone hustling singing like you know making hustling making money singing you know just making a, gr- a living making money and we were like in our i'll say 16 17 18 you know in our teens our mid-teens when we witnessed this and wow we said if he can do this we can do it we win all the talent shows why not try this and try to make some money doing this you know uh so uh we gave it a shot for the first time and we put uh you know i, I always wore an apple like Ben on the Ben album with Michael Jackson when he was younger, the Applejack, I always wore that Applejack when I was younger. I threw, I hated to take my hat off. And he says, take your hat off, Steve, put your hat down. So I put my hat down. And boy, I didn't mind taking my hat off for a long time. But I put it down, we made all that money. On the first, you know, the first time we sung on the boat, we was like, wow, I can't believe we made all this money. We made like $60, you know, us not having a dime in our pocket. Well, we had train fare, you know, but, uh, we didn't have no money to, you know, take your girlfriends out, you know, do whatever. So uh, when we seen that, we made a lot of money the first time on that boat. And we was like, wow, this, this can, we can really start doing something. So we kept going back and forth to the Staten Island Ferry is a half-hour ride from Manhattan to Staten Island. So it's, just, it's just a half-hour ride going back and forth, back and forth for 24 hours a day. That's how it does. And we, every half-hour trip, we would get on the boat, sing, just do Jackson 5, Elvis, Sam Cooke, Stevie Wonder, Temptations, Earth, Wind, and Fire. We sung everything we could think of. Just uh, letting all the people know we, we were singing it, and uh, they really enjoyed it. And, uh, we became the most popular act on the Staten Island Ferry, and that, that was our living. And our motto would always say, we should say, man, if you're broke, let's hit the boat. That's what we should do all the time. We hit the boat to make some money, to go to the movies, just to have some change in our pockets. And we have to go to stores, stealing and doing stuff like crazy young kids, like you know. And that was a living. Then we bumped into uh, Mr. Magic uh, from the radio station in New York, and he said, "Hey, man, you guys really got something here." And he says, "How about you guys uh, do an audition for Tommy Boy Records?" Now, besides me, Stevie, sing on a boat with my brothers and my uncle. I was also involved in a rap group in Staten Island called the Force MCs with a DJ named Dr. Rock. And uh, we were the first rap group ever to come out of Staten Island to go to the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, and everywhere just rapping because they thought they left. They, they looked at Staten Island as a forgotten borough. Like, man, who comes out of Staten Island? Who comes out of Staten Island? Ain't nobody in Staten Island can rap, but we showed them different. We came out. We just stunned the we stunned the boroughs like who are these guys? You stunned Jersey, I mean Patterson, New Jersey, Jersey City, Connecticut. We were the talk of everybody. Like these four C guys are the new hot guys that came out. I'm talking about going up against a lot of the big rappers back then. Uh, so we made the name of us 
pretty good name for ourselves as MCs too. Me, me being versatile. Mercury was a great friend of mine. He's like a second cousin now because we got people that's related to and, uh, his cousin, Dr. Rock. And he added uh, my cousin on later on in K1. We became popular as Dr. Rock and the Force MCs. Long story short, we came. Um, Mr. Magic wanted to bring us to Tom Silverman's office to sign us to see if Tommy Boy likes us to sign us to a record label. But my brother Khalil from the LDs decided not to go to the audition. He became a Muslim, went to the mosque and became a Muslim. He's a very knowledge-seeking person. He wanted to know knowledge of this, black man, you know, he's very – so he left. So it left me, TC, and Jesse. So I said, since I'm in two groups, let me get Mercury from the Force MCs and bring him to the LDs, and we're going to go to the Tommy Boy audition. On the way to the Tommy Boy audition, we bump into Trisco Pearson who was in a group in Staten Island called Cook Corporation. It was a great group, too, won the same New York City talent search, but the group broke up, and Trisco was like the main attraction of the group because he's a little, little guy, but he had the big Rick James voice. And he just told us he broke up the group. We told him he was going to audition. Said, All right, Trisco, you come with us to the audition, man. You just join along with us. He came on at the last minute. If Trisco wasn't on that ferry boat, he wouldn't have been in the force and deeds, just to let you know. But he was on that boat that day. It was his lucky day. He went to the audition. We sung for him. And that's when Tommy Boy asked, you guys are great. Oh, my God, I got to sign you guys now. But what do you call yourselves now? So now you have four MCs mixed with LDs with the little Trisco Pearson added on. So we had to come up with a name. We couldn't use LDs anymore because of Trisco's last name and Mercury's last name. Mercury's last name is Nelson and Trisco's last name is Pearson. So we had to, uh, we had to put it together. So we put, took, put the LDs name to the side and used Force. Our other our rap names. Let's, let's use force because that don't tell us about his last name. And he says, well, what about the last parts? He says, not MCs, let's use MDs for musical diversity. And that's what we call the force MDs. Force stands for the struggle that it took us to make it, and MDs stand for the musical diversity that we are because we are a versatile group that we can sing, rap, and do it all in, in one pot. And that's how we became force MDs. I see, man. It's that knowledge that I like to, I like to hear. So before we get into the, <laughs> and the singing and all that, just give me a little bit, you know, on your uh, thinking cap. Let's go back in time real quick. You know, uh -huh. I heard a little story about a battle in '83 against the Cold Coast Brothers. So tell us a little bit about. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I gotta get that. I gotta tell that because uh, it's 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 a story that must be told because it's, it's a lot of. Uh, uh, misunderstanding what happened with that battle. Now, Cold Crush, as you know, people know, especially from New York City, Bronx and Queens, they, 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 pretty much they was the hottest rap group out besides the Furious Five and Treacherous Three and all those guys back in the days. Cold Crush was the hottest rap group out. Now, us coming from Staten Island as the four MCs, Dr. Rock, you know, we was the lowest underdog ever. Just even think of us even coming against a group at that caliber. But they put the instead of putting a battle in uh, New Jersey. I mean, I mean New York City, where we both lived. We lived in Staten Island. They lived, they lived in the Bronx. They put it in someone else's neutral ground. That was Patterson, New Jersey, is where we had the battle. Now they had flies all over Patterson, New Jersey, about forcing these versus the Cold Crush. So we all hyped up. Okay, man, this is a big. This, I was a little nervous. Mercury's like, yo, we can beat these guys, man. I'm telling you, we can, we can, we can do it, man. I said, they, these guys are too good. Me and my mind, these guys are too good. Cold Crush is too good. But I, I knew we was good, but they were really good. But uh, 
we pretty much underestimated ourselves, you know, ourselves. I did, but, you know, but we went to the battle. Cold Crush was leaving the battle because they had, like, five shows that night. So they did what they did in Patterson. You know, they, they did their quota, went to Patterson. Then they had to go to the Bronx and Manhattan because they were so popular. So they went there. So we got there from Staten Island. We seen them coming out of the battle. So we really did not hear what they said. So our assumption was like, okay, I guess they talked their junk about us on the mic. Now it's our turn. So we get on the mic and say the stuff we said about Cobras. But the four MCs, now it's about the time for the battle to begin. We're not going to leave this place but no sad face because we're going to win the battle. Everyone in Patterson, New Jersey came to see the Cold Crush Brothers. Ha! Versus the F-O-R-C-E, Cold Crush 4, walk out the door. We had a powerful opening rhyme. And right after we said that one rhyme, Mercury shouted out, you think that we won this battle? And he said, yeah. And the whole crowd erupted, yeah. And he said, you <laughs> it just got crazy. And we didn't expect that. And next thing you know, the tape flooded New York City. And everybody was like, yo, for some D's just beat the Cold Crush in a rap battle. But on the Cold Crush's defense, because I'm not, I'm just saying this is what the fans were saying because they heard the tape for their own ears and heard the response of the crowd and they saying they think the force of these won the battle. Cold Crush says to this day to us that they didn't know it was a battle. This is what they say. I'm like, what? How can you not know? It was flooded in Patterson. They didn't know it was a battle. So uh, they don't want to take it like they knew it was a battle. They want to say, nah, we snuck attack. There's a lot of little rumors and crazy stuff, but they knew it. We always say to them, if they didn't know it was a battle, which, you know, everybody knew, I'm not going to get in their minds, but they say claim they didn't know. It's the, the, the part about it is I think there's a little shame, like, wow, I didn't think these little guys from Staten Island come and make this big ruckus. They underestimated us. That was the key thing. They underestimated what we can do. And they got bit in the butt with it because they thought, oh, we don't got to do nothing. I mean, we just walk out, but we, our, our our rhyme set was so powerful. Uh, I guess they 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 took real notice to us then, but it never repeated. They never asked us for a rematch. Never said, "Hey, let's do that again, man." Since we didn't know about it, never came to us with none of that. So we just say we just keep the tape as a, a tape that's in rap history right now, man. It's nothing, you know. It's their word against my ours, you know. We just say, "Hey, we know it's about it." They say they didn't know it, but it's it's in history already. That's how I can sum that up. Yeah, you hear that, folks? So this man right here is giving y'all knowledge, like, <laughs> and all that. And like you said, man, you know, it wasn't about a beef. It's just they, they won the battles. You know, it's all it's still all love. So yeah, That's part of rap, man. It's part of rap, man. Yeah, all love. And like I said, it's, it's history, man. So you got signed with Tommy Boy in 84, and you dropped the first yes. album. Love letters, and I want to yes, shout sir. out, you know, your brother, um, TC, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. We had the yes. voice, and I really don't think TC gets his just due for how well he, um, how well he sang. It was a one of a kind, you know, one of a kind voice for me as an R and B fan. So, what do you remember about about TC recording 
tears. Were you guys in the studio when he when he laced that one, or were you guys not there when he recorded that one? Uh, we 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 always were in the studio that day, and uh, tears was uh, a very emotional song, you know, that we recorded. Uh, I remember they cut all the lights out in the studio. TCC, I just want some candles in here, man. We really meditate on this. Uh, it was a poem written by this guy named Scott, and TC and Trisco uh, just took the poem and just put other words to it and made it into song form. Tears was an idea that Scott, this guy named Scott, gave him, and uh, TC and Trisco uh, made Tears into like a, a song form and put it all together and made it, made it a song. And uh, TC didn't know how good his falsetto register was until uh, we did Let Me We Did Let Me Love You. Uh, that was the first song we did, and uh, Robin Haplett, who was Tommy Boy's wife, who produced a lot of our earlier songs, she told T.C., hey, you got a great falsetto. He just did one part of uh, Let Me Love You, you got a great falsetto. And T.C., wow, we didn't know what falsetto meant really at that time. We still like 18, we didn't still even get the word falsetto. You see now like Smokey Robinson, oh, uh, Smokey Robinson is the word of falsetto. Was. Oh, Smokey Robinson, yeah, 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 okay. So, uh. Us being the guys singing on the Staten Island Ferry, mimicking all those stars that, that we like, the Sam Cooks, the Elvis, the, the uh, t- uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, it was just natural for T.C. to do that. So T.C. So said, T.C., uh, I want you to do, I want you to sing tears in your falsetto voice because our first two songs were Let Me Love You and Forgive Me, Girl. So tears yeah. was the first song we sung in a falsetto register. And boy, oh, boy. Did that song heat up the country? We didn't know it was going to do that like, that good. And, you know, Trisco did a great bridge, guys, because uh, that's what I say. Trisco sounded like little Rick James. He got that little Rick James voice. <laughs> he came in on the bridge, and that became our first top ten song that we ever made. Tears was the first one that came top ten that got the world to notice who the force MDs were. Let Me Love You and Forgive Me, Girl, were mediocre hits. It wasn't. Like, hits, really a big hit. They were, like, mediocre, but Tears is the one that really crossed over the whole country, and people really uh, start taking notice of us. Classic joint, man. You also had um, Itching for a Scratch. Now, oh. earlier we talked about, oh. you know, Scratch Groove, which, unfortunately, you guys weren't able to participate in, but you guys did get a chance to be in rapping with the young Mario Van Peebles. In 85, yes. where you guys performed Itching for a Scratch. Now, what do you recall about being yes. on the set of rapping? Okay, that, that, that was interesting, man. <laughs> that was real interesting. Now, first of all, we made Itching for a, Itching for a Scratch. Uh, we was joking around, really literally joking around. Like my brother TC was like, Yo, what if we make a crazy song called Itching for a Scratch and have Dr. Rock scratch it on it? And that, that, that's, that's funny, right? And everybody's laughing. But Tom Silverman's like, nah, hold up. Don't laugh. I like that idea. These guys come out with a song like Itching for a Scratch, just like you're itching uh, for a DJ to scratch. You're around the nation. And we just came up with the concept of Itching for a Scratch. We did not, hey, bro, we did not know that song was going to hit that big. We did not. That was the surprise song out of any of our songs we made that hit was Itching for a Scratch. Now, Itching for a Scratch is the song that really identifies the group more than anything. Because we're rapping, singing, doing impersonations. That's our style. That's the that's the musical diversity of us. Itching for a Scratch was that 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 song that showcased our musical diversity. Michael Jackson, James Brown, uh, uh, Mr. T, just doing everything into one one song. That was a song that uh, very uh, versatile us. So uh, 
the, the, the people were auditioning and asked for the movie, and, and, and we just auditioned. It's Royal Scratch. We did it, and they said, hey, we want you guys in the movie. They just seen the versatility, us doing all the flips and the dancing and all that, scratching and scratching. They said, yeah, we like that. That's something, yeah, yeah. So they, they liked it and chose us. In front of a lot of other rappers, ain't going to say no names, but, you know, didn't get in the movie, but they, they chose us. We was happy to hear that. You know. They chose Ice-T also. He's in the movie also. But uh, <clears throat> big shout-out to Mario Van Peebles and the whole cast. You know, a little different type of rap movie than we thought it would be. You know, because we didn't think Mario would be rapping and stuff, but, hey, it is what it is. Long as we, it's an accomplishment for us to be in a major motion picture film. That's the... Uh, you know, we thank God for that alone, man. And, and, and that movie really enhanced the song even more for people to know what the song was. So uh, we, we thank them for that. Orion Films. Orion Films. The Orion Films, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, man, it was, a, it was a great time. And, like, even now, you know, me being 39, and, I mean, I'm strictly old school to my heart. And, like, looking back, just from that time frame of, the 80s, like, if I could just, if I could time travel and go back to the 80s and be an adult in the 80s, man, like, going to the club and just experiencing how it was for you guys, you know, being legal in the clubs and just the fashion and the music, like, you know, we never got, I mean, yeah, we had our time in the 90s and the 2000s, but, you know, it's nothing like the 80s and all that, you know, and going to the club, I can remember nightclubs when my parents used to go out, they actually dressed up. And, you know, when I started going to the club, and I'm, you know, I'm in a jersey, you know, I'm in a, a T-shirt and sneakers and all that, but my parents, though, suited up, you know, for, like. <laughs> so you guys are. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That, 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 those were the days, man. Those were, those were good days, man. I tell you, those were, that 80s was a good, 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 good stretch, man. For sure. For sure. All right, so it's 86, the group's doing well, um, touring, you're well-known, coming off a huge hit with Tender Love, mm-hmm. and we dropped the second right. album, Chillin'. <clears throat> now, the second album had another, you know, Quiet Storm classic, another ballad with uh, Here I Go Again, but I want to yeah. get into the joint with um, Forcing Indies, Meet the Fat Boys now. Yeah. Was that like a, did you guys having fun in the studio or did you guys really like have like a, just a, a little humorous rivalry between you and the Fat Boys? Yeah, uh, that was fun because let me tell you, the Fat Boys were fans of when we were, when we were forced MCs. They had all of our tapes from back in the days. So and everybody still saves those tapes from the early 80s before we became Force and D's, those Force and C's tapes, because they were like rap routines, like us, me and Mercury doing these rap routines and doing all types of TV shows, Pretty Bunch, Gilligan's Island, uh, Coca-Cola, uh, oh, my God, and so many, uh, Ramblin' Root Beer. We did all rap routines off of those uh, TV shows and commercials, and it became so popular. So uh, Fat Boys, of course, <laughs> were, were fans of that, and uh, – you know, I, I I still debate to this day as was that one of the first R and B like rap collabos back then? I don't know. I, I'm just trying to figure out did anybody else do that? Was was we one of the first to do that? Like have a collabo with like a, a singing group and a, a rap group? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about it. Who knows? You know, we we could research that. You know, but because, yeah, I mean, I think you guys are, now, now that you mentioned that, because if you think back, right, you didn't have, um, 
you know, the first was probably Shaka Khan and um, Melly Mel on I Feel It For You, but that was solo acts. I can't think of anybody else doing rap as two groups, you know, together prior to Forcing D's Meet the Fab. Well, that's a good question. I'm at yeah, that was yeah, I don't think you got to be yeah. the first to do that. Yeah, man. So that was really fun, man. Uh, we was in the studio. Like, I remember uh, <laughs> during the recording that they said, all right, let's order some pizza. And, and, and when the guy, the pizza guy came in, he had like 10 pizza pies. He's like, yo, we can't eat all this. But they said, but we can. You know? <laughs> so that was funny, you know, that, so uh, – that was really that we, we had a great time doing that, man. And uh, you know, I'm just let me tell you, bro. I am so mad to this day that we not did not make a video to that song. They don't know how classic a video would have been to that song. I'm talking about even brought up to today. That'd have been a classic collabo video that was never made, and I just I, it hurts me to this day. And guess what? We never, ever, ever, ever got to perform that with the Fat Boys. Not one time since we made that song. Shame, man. That would, like I said, would have been a classic uh, video. Yeah, because you know how funny they are. We would definitely add it all to their humor. They're funny. It would have been great. It would have been. It would have been entertaining to watch. That's all I can say, man. I, I already know that. But uh, hey, crazy. <laughs> like you mentioned earlier, that the tender love put you guys on another um, level. You know, as big as it was. So, you know. Obviously, like, you know, I think people, of course, mentioned New Edition and everything, you know, who I'm a huge fan of. And, like, you know, well, like me too, me too. There, there, there was a time when the competition was slowly creeping up, and, and he almost, like, you know, got written off, unfortunately. You know, and I think you guys were giving them, you know, a bit of um, trouble, Ready for the world, giving a bit of a trouble. Um, that's probably, yeah, probably probably you two and Ready for the World, like probably gonna be the ones that are giving them some trouble because you know the problem was just to go on a quick little tangent was the label they were on wouldn't let them mature with their fans. So you right. know here it is eighty six right, and you know these cats are still kind of doing the bubblegum stuff, but you got the Force MDs, you know, singing about getting it in with your lady, you know, like going yeah. to that grown man <clears throat> status. So, I mean, you guys are doing big tours and everything, selling out stadiums, like getting right there. So 87 rolls around. You guys drop another album, Touch and Go, Touch and Go which features a classic yes. Love is a House. So, all right, with yeah. that being said, how much were you guys in the studio, like, because you got like albums, like back to back, like without – slowing down. So how much time are you guys spending in the studio on top of the promo appearances and the touring? Like, it seemed like you guys didn't have time to just enjoy life, you know, during those first three album runs. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of time in the studio, man. And, and you know, we, 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 it was crazy as uh, we recorded majority of a lot of our songs in Tom Silverman's house because I guess he wanted to save money instead of going to those big studios. He just did it in his house. So we record a lot of stuff in his living room, right in his living room. We record a lot of those songs. Uh, uh, if, you, if it's okay to tell a story for Love is a House, how that came about, if it's okay, let me tell it. Bro, like I said, man, it's your interview. 
It's your chance to tell your okay. truth. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, by all means, tell your truth, bro. Well, I'm here to listen. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, Tender Love was such a big record. I mean, such a big record. Like I said, uh, Here I Go Again followed it. How Here I Go Again wasn't as big as Tender Love, but it was still a big record for us, still top 20 big record for us. That is a classic in uh, Quiet Storms everywhere. That we're blessed to have that. Uh, that's what we did. Uh, we had, uh, let me see, Tin Love, Here I Go Again. What else do we have with that album? Oh, I, I can't believe All right, let me go to the next album. Okay, I, I'm <laughs> froze. My brain froze on it. Okay, we're going to go to the next album. Okay, right now, Tin Love is still like the top dog. So we said uh, uh, we couldn't get Jam and Lewis again because uh, Tommy Boy's budget wouldn't allow it. You know, they they didn't they cost too much, and Tommy Boy didn't want to. Uh, you know, that that's his thing, man. He's the they they that's their budget. All we can do is just sit back and do what we got to do. You know, they couldn't get Jam and Lewis for us again. I was like, wow, we needed them. That'd have been great if we did some more songs with them guys, man. We had a magical connection, but uh, unfortunately, we only just made one song that they produced. So, uh. Tommy Boy had these guys fly out here from London, name uh, Martin LaSalle. I hope I'm saying their names right. I think it's funny names, but uh, I'm just going to do LaSalle and Martin. Okay. These guys came out from London and presented us a demo to us with a woman singing. It says, hey, guys, I got this song. These guys got to listen to it. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge hit. Look, the huge hit for you guys. You've got to listen to the song. I'll give you guys a week to listen to it. You know, and you tell me what you think. So they gave us the song. We had let it marinate for like a week. Everybody listened to the song. The song was actually Love is a House. Had a female doing the lead, singing a, the, the, the scratch demo of it. But the bass line and that sneer bass, that, that, that kick, that, that sold us. They said, yo, this, this groove is too good to pass up. So we told them, hey, we, hey, we, wanted, we, we decided we'd love to do the record. And, you know, Tom and Monica was happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the studio. Did it. Uh, at that time, we did the song. We recorded it. Like I said, we, we've been back and forth on tour. So we go, we, we do tour dates, come back and record two or three more songs and go back on tour. So at that time, we was on tour with Madonna. Madonna, we was on tour with Madonna overseas. You know, she chose us to go on tour with her overseas. And while we were on tour overseas, uh, they gave us a call from the States. Say, hey, we released Love is a House, guys. You know, and uh, Love is a House is the number one record in the country right now. We was like, What? Wow, we all, we, what was he, I don't know, he was in Holland, we was in Europe, like, what? So yes, there's no one record in the country. He's like, wow. So after the Madonna thing, flew back to the States, just enjoying it, enjoying it. We went number one. He put us right back on tour out there with Love is a House, and then, you know, that was our first time singing Love is a House in the States when we got home to a number one record. It felt good that everybody knew the words to it already, and just loved the song, or we just did it for the first time. Like, wow, they know the songs. Yeah, man, they've been playing it to death while you guys was overseas, playing on the radio to death. And that really made us so happy, man. And we made a song, and, and everybody, all of the radio DJs, man, this is a classic right here, man. I'm telling you, it's a classic. They told us that. And that just added on to the resume of, the, the, you know, the few classics that we made. And then Touch and Go was the next single on the album that be another that was another top ten song that touched people to realize Touch and Go was a top ten song also. And you know that followed by Couldn't Care Less, which one one of my favorite Force and D songs. I don't, I don't know, I just love that song, Couldn't Care Less. 
And uh, what else did he make on that album? Yeah, that, that was the three videos I think he made off that album. But the album did great, and uh, that just added on. And, uh, I just want to speak one more thing. With uh, I, I give like no, this is like my younger brother. We call them my young brothers, man. It's what what happened with them, us and them. You know, we we definitely matured a little more to they get, but they definitely uh, had a knack. Whoever was the A and R with them had a real good knack. So I think like our group, we had a lot of great records but we didn't get the promotion like we wanted, like everybody else, you know. So I think we had a lot of, like, hidden gems in some of the songs. That, ah, this, this could have been this. This could have been. We just didn't have it like New Edition had at the time. Uh, they had a lot of, like, great records, man. They, they made a lot of great records, man, and, like, like good <laughs> melodies, you know. And I, that, that's why I, I high praise them, man, because uh, which they did and, and carried it over the years. You know, Add Johnny Gill was a definitely great, great move and then Bobby you know, they they just they they're the biggest group ever to me. Like one besides Jackson Five, they one of the biggest groups, like sing like groups besides the Temptation. They're they're in the top ten for sure. Groups, they made it. Yeah, they made a lot of records, man, a lot of hits, man. Like they get catalog is so crazy. They're like, yo, I don't I know I love Joe to see all they can't compare to New Edition. None of them can compare to the hits these guys got, man. Like yeah. <laughs> like Transformers <laughs> it just goes back to, um, it, you know, it, to piggyback on what I said earlier, it kind of goes back to had, had the label matured them a bit earlier, they probably would have, you know, been even bigger. And I say that because the problem with kid acts or young acts sometimes is you get stuck in your um, the demographic. And in the long run, it usually ends up, hurting you long-term, and I can give mm-hmm. you a prime example. Let's look like hip-hop-wise and everything. Let's look at Bow Wow, right? Now, to right. me, Bow Wow was very, very talented. I mean, no doubt. You know, Bow, Bow Wow was a talented cat. You know, I don't care if you say he didn't write his lyrics or whatever. That little boy was, was talented as hell. And he was. You know, I agree. I agree. When the label tried to keep him, you know, as a pop fact, because I'm, right, I'm going to leave this mystery on me. So Bow Wow came out when I was 19 before I joined the Air Force. Bow Wow didn't mature and start, you know, sing, rapping about mature stuff and kind of cursing and all that, whatever you want to say. So I was a married man with a son on the way eight years later. And, that's, you know, that's, that's too long when you look at how, you know, MCs like Shaheen, A-plus were rapping young, had a fan base, Bow Wow could have matured around the third or fourth album, and truth be told, and I, some people agree with me when I say this, not, t- not talking lyrics, because it's not about lyrics right now, but from a promotional standpoint, from a worldwide fame standpoint, Bow Wow should have been where Wayne is right now. That's just my opinion, because he had the I agree. potential to get to where Wayne was from a marketing standpoint. They just, they waited too long to mature. You know, and the career in the you know, in the long run. So just my quick little opinion on that. All right, so Force and D's drop Touch and Go, and we go we roll on to the third album. Now, surprisingly, it was a hiatus between between the um, Touch and Go album and the Step to Me album. You know, a good three three year three year gap. Was that intentional, or did you guys just want to actually um, not want to release the album when you released it? The Step to Me album. Are you saying the Step to Me album? 
Yeah, because, you know, that was like a three-year gap between touch and go and step to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, at that time, we just we was just really on the road a whole lot, man. It was just like then it came to time that we had to just wait to do an album. So we finally decided, you know, get into the road because uh, we finally, it, 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 we finally decided, yeah, we got to get into the studio, make some other songs, man. You know, we we get so uh, uh, step to me was a like that album. I feel like uh, Molly Ma was on that album. Uh, did a lot of the hip hop. How's your love life? Step to me. These are real raw hip hop R and B track. You know. Uh, that they did, and uh, you know, uh, the Step to Me album was the most R and B hip hop album we made out of all our albums. I feel uh, the deal is uh, that came out the same year as Poison, in which Bell uh, Bell had the same type of hip hop, you know, the, the, the hip hop with the rap stuff on it. They, they, they came out at the same, pretty much the same time because they, they went into that direction with. Uh, hip hop R and B, but uh, you know you could count us as the, the groups that definitely. If this is before a guy, a guy came out like in, in '89 or '88, I think guy they came out '89 or '88. They brought the New Jack Swing, but we still pretty much on the hip hop R and B thing. But we added the New New Jack Swing to that Step to the album with the song "Are You Really Real." Just trying to jump on the bandwagon with the New Jack New Jack Swing, and, but we still had, like I said, with this, this a straight R and B hip hop. But we did add New Jack Swing with that, and uh, I think uh, Walking on Sunshine, well, that album definitely had another part of the new uh, New Jack Swing swingish type thing to it. They were produced by Full Force actually, and uh, we we supposed to get Teddy Riley on that album, but. Uh, the label didn't want to pay, so uh, it felt it was too high. So we went to Full Force. You know, we love Full Force. I think Full Force did a great job, in my, my opinion. You know, are you really real and walking on the sunshine? But you know, it, it is what it is. We couldn't get Teddy. You know, Teddy was like the hottest thing moving. So that's another break we didn't really catch. You know, it's going to Jeremy Lewis to the Teddy to the Babyface. Like Babyface, they didn't want to pay Babyface. They, you know, they didn't sell, They didn't have a budget for Babyface. So we missed out on could have been other classics. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no doubt. Because I mean, looking looking at the um, I'm an album credit reader, so I mean, you got that full force. You had Marley Marl. You had Monte Moore from the time on the joint. Yes, but yeah, that was a great song actually. Somebody's crying. Yeah, I guess the competition, like you said, it was just so um, so competitive. Yeah, so intentional. Yeah, and the way music shifted. Around you know that time because gangster rap was starting to come in more, rock was starting to come in yeah, more. Like he exactly. so many groups we, at that time trying to compete. So I mean, I, it's, it's 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 a dope joint though. You know, I have it in my um, collection. Steps me. I mean, I think people really should go back and revisit that joint. And um, let, let me tell you a song. Yeah, let me tell you a song that I thought was really dope too. And I, like I said, I loved somebody's crying. I think that was a great ballad. Somebody's crying. And the one uh, watching you by Trisco, led by Trisco. I've been watching you from the corner of my eye and just want to look at you. That was actually produced by Timmy Gatlin, the guy who produced uh, uh, I Apologize, Velvet Devota. Yeah, yeah the same producer, man, produced that joint, man, for us. 
So Terry Allen's a former member of Guy, if, you, if people wouldn't know that. Uh, yeah, he produced that song, and uh, that was like that, that watching you song is definitely a great song. I mean, and I, did, I definitely like what's the name of that song too. Uh, that was another nice style that I think we made, you know. Like, you know. <laughs> hey, it is, it is, there, yeah. <laughs> All right, so earlier we talked about um, you know, being the first collab to um, first army group collab with hip hop group. Eighty-eight, you guys did another classic joint with um. Set of Sonics that people really don't give it just due to a cover of um, Float On. Yes, that yes. Bruh, that joint, man? Yeah. It's so <laughs> classy. Like, that's that grown man shit right there. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That, yeah, people slept on that one too, man. Like, wow. Yo. Like I said, man, people, like, I, 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 I got to say this. So many people think we just made Tender Love, man. They don't know, like, the catalog and a lot of stuff we made, man. They, don't, they, they just overlook it. You don't realize it sometimes, man, you know. But, you know, you know I, I, as long as I know we have people that know and you know, there's a lot of people that don't know. So we are here. That's why we're here today to just try to keep keep keep, keep it out. And I appreciate these interviews to to enlighten people who don't know don't know, and uh, this this is why we do stuff like this, and I appreciate it. I don't care five, ten, fifty, a hundred thousand people. It's just another person knowing, like, wow, I didn't know that about them guys. Wow, now I know. You know, I'm gonna research that. I'm gonna look for that song now. now I'm, this is this is this is why all these iPods, the interviews I do, I don't turn down interviews because the more they know, you know, what we've been through in our life, the trials and tribulations this group been through. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep the uh, the legacy going, man. Let them know. The more the people know, the merrier, you know. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Definitely. So, another uh, another quick little fact that folks might not know outside of the um, serious fans. You guys did some tracks with the the Iron Man, Tony Stark, aka Ghostface Killer. So, how did that collaboration come about? Oh man, hold on real quick. Sir, you, you saying about uh, the podcast with Tony Starks? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we all from Staten Island. That's the first thing. We we the OGs from Staten Island. They're the group that came after us a couple of years after us. But uh, uh, we, they, you know, like I said again, they were fans of they're fans of our Force MDs and the Force MCs. They're, they're fans of that. They told us to, uh, yo, can you guys do this? Well, that Force MCs rap routine stuff with this uh, song we want to make. And that's when we did uh, Daytona 500. And uh, we came up with the intro, we came up with all that, and it became a, a, a Ghostface classic for him, man. And uh, that felt good doing it with a, a Staten Islander, <laughs> a fellow Staten Islander. You know, uh, they just called us out of the blue and said, hey, guys, can you come to the studio? We came and did that. And uh, it was real fun doing that, man. And uh, I'm happy when we see them to this day, man. They always say, oh, man. We got to do some more stuff together, so hopefully we do more in the future. So I'm not gonna get into the um, stuff with the uh, members passing, like you know that's not a thing that I want to make that I want to revisit. But uh, shout out to all the members of Force MDs who are no longer with us. Rest in peace and relax in paradise. 
But, you know, yes. through you all's losses, you guys continue to constantly release music. You know, you guys never stop, you know, um, dropping singles here and there or even doing a um, tour date. You know, you guys are, like, always on the road. You got your radio shows. Stay dropping yes. music. So I'm going to tell folks, like, you know, if you guys just go in iTunes, Spotify, whatever streaming platform you use, just, you know, type in for some D's, man. The music's out there. It's early. You know, they dropped two songs this year. Don't rush. Make you happy. Gives you that real R&B. Because R&B is not dead, folks. You got to search it out. A few years back, yeah. they did a joint called One Two Step. My man, Chubb Rock. Chubb Rock, yeah. Another, <laughs> another yeah. classic joint. So the music's hey, out there. Y'all got to search for it. And Force MDs are constantly putting out music. It's just, you know, we have to support the R&B that, you know, that we want, and we can't let it die down because if you're complaining that it's, you know, dead, it's not. The problem is you all aren't looking for it, and it's still alive and well. Yeah, so I'm a, big, I'm, a big fan of bio, I'm a big fan of biopics, and I want to know if we ever get to force some of these biopics. I know you guys are working on the doc, which I'm going to get into after this question, but if we ever get to force some of these biopics, I feel like you guys have a story that needs to be told just based on the interview and dialogue we've been having. We haven't even scratched the surface of everything you guys really went through. You know, save all that for the movie, but... um. Who would you pick to play you in a movie if we ever get a Force Some D's biopic? Wow, who play who play with me? Who will play me? Yeah, if you had well, uh, wow, I probably well, mm, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I might, you know, I know I might, I, I might get an. My son, I have a son that looks just like me, man, and uh, he would be perfect for me. You know, he he learns quick. He's very talented, and he can act. So that that that'll make it better, you know. You act, you can rap, sing. So I definitely my son Josh who looks just like me, walks like me. People get him confused with me. So I'm like, yo, Steve, oh man, this is your Stevie D, man. Nah, it's my dad, man. It's my dad. <laughs> so I think he would be the perfect guy to play me, man. My son. And what's the word on the uh, the documentary, the Portuguese Relived? Is that going to be released anytime soon? Yeah, we are working on some clearances on that, and that is something for the people to see. I can't wait to them to see that. You know, you think Unsung was something. Now, Unsung is like a 30-minute uh, documentary, but this is like uh, an hour, an hour long. No, 90-minute long. I'm just messing with 90-minute long, a lot of things. In this one, you can see a lot of uh, celebrity, Belle Bib DeVoe. You can see Boys and Men, a lot of these people. I'm just you know, just letting them know where they got, where a lot of their influence come from, and Big Daddy Kane. It's, 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 it's real interesting, man. So uh, I, I can't wait this to drop for people to see. And I, and you're right, man. We got a great story for a movie, man. So we got a lot of layers to our story, man, you know. This is, you just said, I, I talked about a lot of the good stuff, but a lot of the stuff that the, uh, tri the, the, the trials that we've been through, you know, the, uh, the things that happened in the group, drugs, alcohol, it's like a lot of in, inside stuff, but we have a real story, man, that just gives you a, a outlook on how it is being in a group and going through things and people have different personalities and what's going through them mentally. And it's, it's just like, you know, it's pretty, we, I, 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 I can sum it up in saying this. The four MDs are clearly like the hip hop temptations. I can't name I can't say it, name it no other way. 
Yeah, man, like I said, you know, I, I totally agree. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, previously, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of biopics. So my thing is I'm also a film person. And, you know, anytime, like, you know, I'll be online, I'll be vlogging or chatting or whatever, and smiling announce a biopic, I'm like, why is someone so getting this person? Like, you don't need a biopic. I'm like, everybody has a story. It's just that you don't know their story because it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't never public knowledge. And I'm like, you know, I tell folks, in your case, for example, like it was Stevie wrote a book. So the fact this man wrote his biography lets you know that he has a story to tell. And, folks, by the mm. way, if you want to read CBD's book, Necessary Force, go on head over to theforcemds.com, go to their shop. It's available for sale there. But, you know, to piggyback on what I just said about having a story, yeah, I mean, he has a story. He, he wrote a book. I mean, how many how many of y'all knew that he worked with the Wu Tang Clan? That he worked with the Fat Boys? That he worked with Zetasonic? I mean, some some shit I didn't know. I know he toured Madonna overseas. Like that's news to me, and I'm a Forcing D's fan. So don't ever downplay somebody's ability to tell their own story. They lived it, you didn't. So that's just my you know thoughts on that. That's right. I just had to hype you up. That's true. Had, 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 had to hype you up real quick. All right, so hey, my brother, so what was the experience behind your, um, what was motivation for you to start your radio show with Pebbles Pooh? Yeah, Pebbly Pooh. She's, uh, she's one of the first four female rappers ever. Uh, she's four mothers of hip-hop. Pebbly Pooh is definitely one of the four. Uh, she's, she, was also, she also rapped with a group called Master Don Committee. They made that song, uh, na-na-na-na, before Master, Master P, baby. Famous, more famous, but that was a famous. It's called Funk Box. I mean, a, a popular record called Funk Box. Plus, she made the answer to the uh, song Fly Girl back in the days, and she made a song called Fly Guy. Uh, so uh, she's a she's very popular in New York area. Like you know, to, to the really people that's deep into hip hop, they know all about her. Uh, Pebbly Pooh is definitely a, a legend, legend in her own right. You know. Uh, so we all connected together and said, let's do something while we're out here in the Pocono Mountains. Me and, me and PA now, so we decided to put a radio show together while we're out here. It's really peaceful out here. And, and we got addicted to it. We said, hey, I like doing this. And, and that's how it all went down. And it's, it's cool. comes on every, come on every Thursday. Cool. I had to ask that question. Cause I know it's, um, <clears throat> I know for myself, you know, with the COVID, when the COVID hit and everything, you know, I had my website, and you know, initially, I had no plans on um, doing an actual podcast or interviewing. If I was going to interview, I was going to do print style. But I reached out to my first interview person was Stokely from In Condition, and Stokely was like, "Well, you know, man, if I do an interview, man, like you know, I want to do it audio style." So I'm like, "All right, man, you know, you the artist. I'm going to respect that." And so Stokely's interview went so well, you know, he actually shouted me out and said, bro, like, you know, why don't you do this more often? Like, you know, you have a natural interviewing style because you ask questions that nobody else, you know, wants to ask. And you actually do your research, you actually make it known. So my whole point for that, folks, is just get out there and try something brand new. You know, don't ever let nobody tell you you can't do something and don't be afraid to try new things. I mean, if the COVID has taught us anything, it's that your talent is fully unlimitless, and we all haven't reached our full potential yet. So, you know, get out there and try something new. I agree. Right, so before we go, I agree, my brother. 
before we go, you know, I gotta ask some, uh, gotta ask a couple hard questions, man. You know, you, you know, I gotta, gotta flip it on you real quick. So, you grew up in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So, football wise, the Jets or the Giants? Who you, who you rocking with first? Giants. Top five New York MCs of all time. New York MCs. Yeah, oh, LL Cool J, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Cool G Rap. Who people just—that's another person people sleep on so much. Cool G Rap, and the last I will say, Heavy D. Shout out to Heavy D, rest in peace. Another one that doesn't get his yep. um, just due. And the best place to get a um. Best place to get a slice of pizza in New York. You said the best place to get what? What? The best place to get a slice in in New York. Oh wow! <laughs> Gino's. Gino's. Cool, cool. Yeah, I always throw a question that I try to throw people off. You know, they they wouldn't expect to um, ask. So. You guys, what, what are you guys looking up for 2020? Um, once it's COVID clears up, you guys have plans to get back out on the road and release any more singles later this year? Yeah, 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 yeah. thank you for action, man. We're about to release a single called Fly With You. Uh, that's a single. It's an inspirational single. This is different from The Force. This is, we're going we're gonna to make something like for people that passed on, like an inspirational single called Fly. We, we wait, wait for them to edit the video now. We shot the video, they're editing it right now. Once that goes, I will make sure you get it, man. It's a real, like, you know, uh, song with, a song that'll touch your heart, man. You know, the video really shows images of people, you know, died of the COVID and, you know, family members. And it's just like one of those type of songs, man, we, we felt it was about time to make, you know. So uh, that, that'll be next. And we have a song called Rewind, Unwind coming out after that. So we still got the singles coming out, and we just, we we a lot of our tour dates got canceled this year. We that, that hurt us, but you know, we we know God does things for a reason. So we we will just see what happens at the end of the year. Hopefully, we can be able to go out and do some stuff on the road, and hopefully, people can come check us out because we still put on a pretty damn good show, and uh, we definitely keep keep that energy and that the vocals on point. So anybody that do doubt us is hey, what happened to those guys? Just come see us and just come see us perform. You know, all that, uh, try, uh, believe in me, all that were like, okay, <laughs> they are okay. You know, we lost a lot. We lost some members, but we holding the legacy down. And uh, thank God that we're siblings. A lot of us are siblings. We still carry the sound and still can hold it down, man. I just hope people come out and support me. We come to your town. All right, bros. So before we close out, is there anything you want to add? And where can fans find you on social media? They can find us uh, on well, our our Instagram page got hacked, so we're rebuilding our Instagram page. But you can still look us up on official Force and D's on Instagram, you can, or you look at Stevie D uh, FMDS on Instagram, and uh, you can check check us out Force and D's on Twitter and Force and D's on Facebook. That's you can definitely find us in U U U Uni E T V. That's that's U N I E T V. You can find catch our radio show on that and another outlet. All right, folks. I want to thank Mr. Stevie D for dropping by to 
give me a little bit of history on Force MDs. Um, it was a pleasure talking to Sarah, learning stuff that I didn't know. I highly, highly urge you guys to check out all their new music on every streaming platform that you use, be it Tidal, be it Spotify, be it iTunes, be it Amazon Music. No excuses not to support these brothers because the R&B mm-hmm. is out there. Just jump on it and, you know, support it. Just type in Force MDs yeah. and you'll see the songs. Also check out the ForceMDs.com. Go to their shop. Mm-hmm. They have, if you like CDs, they got CDs for you, DVDs, book, Necessary Forces on there. So check that out. So like I said, man, we got to support R&B. And before hey, we go, and I need you to do me a favor. Go ahead, sir. And I need you to do me a favor, man. I want you to check out. I want you to check out. Uh, on, our, on our site, we have uh, Lost Classics 1 and Lost Classics 2. If you haven't heard them yet, it's a lot of songs you probably never heard. We never released unreleased songs on. Uh, got, we got Value One and Value Two. We have some of our classics that you know, and we have newer songs that people never heard. So it's called uh, Force and D's Lost Classics Number One and Number Two on our our our, our uh, web page. Okay, or you can get or, or you could just check them out on YouTube too. All right, and uh, make sure you check our video out on YouTube. The newer ones make you happy, and don't rush on YouTube. Love you guys. I gotta go. Man, much love, man. Thank you for the interview, man. Thank you. Hey, yo, check it out. This is the Wild Cowboy with a lot of style, boy. One of one. Untraceable. Punk jump up to get beat down. Slow down. And, yo, I want y'all to check out this podcast, yo. Y'all been listening to the reviews and done with your host, Derek Dunn. Be sure to check out reviews and done Dot net. Understand that. Reviews and done. That's D-U-N-N dot net. Word up. It's a good combination. Dot X and done. What's messing with that, peoples?